0: Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so excited for two amazing guests. I have the beautiful Erica and Allie of Courageous Wellness. And before I bring them on, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about Courageous Wellness and their incredible platform and their podcast and all they're doing. So a little bit about courageous wellness. After experiencing a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, Allie, and a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, Erica, they created a platform to interview real people about their personal journeys in health and wellness, from physical wellness to emotional and spiritual. They hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. They have a commitment to destigmatize conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of their courageous guests. Ladies, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so honored to have you both. I told you guys both offline that I was truly drawn to your platform and all the incredible work you're doing just by the name Courageous Wellness, you know, because I just think it is so beautiful that you pair these two really powerful words that are powerful on their own, but then you put them together. It's like a whole new level.
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think that's the truth. And so many people share that with us too. I think the name courageous wellness does resonate with so many people, but it means so much to Ali and I as well, because I think life takes a lot of courage. Wellness takes a lot of courage and even, you know, with the podcast platform to share your personal journey, to share your vulnerabilities, all of that takes a lot of courage. And Ali and I are also practicing Buddhists and in Buddhism, courage is a very big theme. You know, it takes courage to live your life. So thank you for sharing that because we love the name too. And it, it means a lot to both of us.
0: I, I love that. I think that's incredible. And before we get like into all things, I want you guys to share a little bit more than obviously what I shared in the introduction of like, how you guys really came into this space, because right now, you know, like you said, you have this podcast, and you share on your social platform, you guys are practicing Buddhists, like you've done a lot to step into those shoes. And I'm sure it wasn't always that way. So why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you guys, you know, individually, as well as together of how this came to be.
1: Sure. Well, I guess we could each give a little bit about our personal um, stories, which you mentioned a little bit in the intro, and how we both personally became interested in our our own wellness journeys and what that's meant for us. And then, I think Courageous Wellness was the baby that was born um, out of mine and Erica's sort of stories colliding and sharing those stories with each other um, before we before we created the platform. So. I guess I'll start. Um, I'm Allie, just in case anybody can't, you know, decipher the voices. But um, I, I, for many, many years, have been a performing artist primarily um, by by trade and traveled a lot, doing a lot of different um, shows, mostly a musical theater background. And in uh gosh i'm like what year was it when i was 29 i was diagnosed with a um a rare cancerous tumor on my back actually and i had you know i was really a healthy person and i was really um and young and so i was really taken back by this i i thought it was a bruise that i had gotten that never healed and um by really it's a long story but i'll I'll give you the abridged version by, you know, c- trusting my intuition and, um, asking my doctors to look into it. I even had actually a doctor that told me to ignore it at first, but knowing that something wasn't right, that it wasn't maybe a bruise that, that hadn't gone away. Cause I had all these like broken blood vessels, um, After, gosh, over a year of just sort of sticking with it and keeping on it, I I got this diagnosis. And fortunately for me, um, we caught it when it was not in an aggressive stage. I only had to do three. I did three different rounds of surgeries for um, the tumor, but I was fortunate enough that I didn't have to do any additional treatment. But it really put a lot into perspective for me emotionally, spiritually, and how that connected me to my physical health as well. And um, really learning sort of at a young age that we aren't invincible and you never know what the obstacles are that are going to you know come in your path, but um, that there are certain things that we can do in order to take care of ourselves. And, you know, I thought I was doing all of those things, but I think where I had missed the mark was that I was letting, um, some of like my emotional health or stress, um, creep into my life in a way that I wasn't properly managing. And so it's like that I think ultimately took a toll on my health, but in the process of that, while I was healing, and I had many, many staples in my back. I started craving different foods, and that actually was such a cool experience because it it way that I never had before. Um, and I had, you know, been in a career that had put my body in a lot of um, different types of physical stress and demanding things, which you know has have its place. But um, it really taught me the experience and the and the cravings that I were having while I was healing really taught me to listen to my to my body in a way that I never had before. And that really, um, you know, it really spawned my deeper dive into nutrition, into um, stress management, into wellness, just generally for myself and what that meant for me. And I guess I can hand it over to Erica and I'll have her tell you a little bit about her background. And then we can tell you how those two things came together. Cause they're very different stories.
2: Yeah. No, thank you, Ali. I love hearing your story as well. Mine is, is different. You know, I also have an entertainment background. Um, I was working in the entertainment industry, um, as well as, a producer and director and also in wardrobe, Ali. actually on our podcast, we realized that um, Allie and I worked together on entertainment tonight, like a hundred years ago. Um, so <laughs> I wore, I wore many different hats, but I was working in entertainment, but my story starts a little bit before that. You know, I always, um, I always carried extra weight. Food has always been emotional for me. Um, I grew up in a Buddhist household and in a Buddhist family, but we're culturally Jewish. And <laughs> I feel like Judaism and food go hand in hand. So, you know, if something was going well in my life or if something wasn't going well, we were we always used food to to cope in my family and in my household even if it wasn't obvious. It was just food was always there for us in the good times and in the bad. But speaking of the bad, you know, um I grew up um in Malibu, California, which is a beautiful, affluent, lovely Area, But when I was in middle school, my parents went through really difficult financial uh, situations and financial times and um, to the point where we couldn't even afford food at some points. Like I was on free lunch program at school and all of that, which is a different conversation. But I say that because during that time, my parents also started relying on things like dollar menu, McDonald's and whatever to just like feed their children and to put food on the table, you know, because they were, my mom was working two jobs and there was a lot going on. Sorry, I'm going to cough. Um, I had nuts uh, right before this and they're catching up with me at this moment. So I'm just going to take a sip of water.
0: Oh yeah. Go ahead. No worries. Well, but with I, the, I yeah, gonna, go ahead. But what I'm already hearing from you, you know, Erica and then Allie is like, what I love already from hearing in this story is like how you have looked at how your lives, like what played out and how you obviously decided to step into your own wellness and step into what that looked like of what maybe wasn't necessarily done wrong, but just wasn't necessarily of the healthiest things. And it sounds like both of you had those feelings of intuition to step into it.
2: Absolutely. And I think so that's exactly what happened because these patterns and these habits, were established. And I'm so fortunate that my parents only went through this experience. The bulk of it being between the time I was like eight to 14. So by the time I was 14, the situation had changed so much and, you know, everything was fine, but these habits and this extra weight and, you know, these food cravings, you know, they were kind of set and implemented. And so with that said, now to flash forward back to, I'm, of college, I'm living in that experience, but I I always blamed my weight for, which I feel like is so common. I was like, if I was thinner, if I was, if I look different, if I could just lose this weight, my whole life would change. Right. I'd have better relationships. I'd have a better job. It was so, um, you know, interesting, but that's, I feel like what so many of us do, right? It's like when X changes, I will be Y. And that's just not the truth. And so to shorten my story, what ultimately ended up happening is my weight loss journey really was a self-love journey because at my heaviest, I decided that I was just going to love and accept my body as it was. And this was in like 2011. So, body positivity, all of this, it wasn't as popular and common as it is now. Um, but through my Buddhist practice, again, I was talking to a friend through that organization we practice with. And she just told me, you know, she actually called me out because I was complaining about a guy and something that was wrong in my life. And I was like, if I look different, this would be different. And she just said to me point blank, she was like, Erica, you do not treasure yourself. You do not value your life. And it's the greatest advice I've ever gotten in my life. It was the greatest thing I've ever been called out on because it was the truth. And so I started chanting and, and really, cause we chant in our Buddhist practice to just treasure and love myself as I was. And at my heaviest weight, my whole life transformed. I got that job entertainment tonight. I, um, met the man who is now my husband and just the greatest man in the entire world, all at my heaviest weight. And then subsequently I just started, I found a workout class. I liked, I started moving my body maybe three days a week. I don't remember eating anything differently. Like it wasn't a conscious weight loss experience, but about a year after that, I lost 50 pounds. And so, um, yeah, so I have this 50 pound weight loss journey, but it really stems from a self-love and self-acceptance journey more than anything. And then (laughs) that's kind of what led I, funnily enough, Allie and I met probably now six years ago, but I had lost the majority of my weight before, um, we ever met so she didn't know when we became friends and we met through our buddhist organization when we became friends she didn't know that i had this story and experience so that's kind of like jumping ahead how the podcast was was originally born (laughs) was one day ali had just come back she was doing a show and she was working in japan and she had just moved back to the states and we reconnected we had reconnected a little bit over Instagram when she was in Japan working, um, about blood sugar and nutrition, cause we were inching into that world, but we just started having these conversations. And, you know, she learned about my weight loss journey and she learned about my self-love journey. And we had been friends, right. For a few years at that point. And she didn't know anything about it because who talks about these things, right? Like who sits down and is like, let me tell you my deepest, <laughs> soul story. And similarly, I knew Allie had experienced cancer. We were friends when she got her diagnosis, but I didn't know the intricacies and the details of that emotional wellness experience. And so, you know, that is a short form of how the podcast was really born as we realized like there's so much, um, Courage and vulnerability and freedom in really sharing these personal stories and wellness and and then the podcast was born really from that.
0: That's amazing and I love both of your stories and thank you for sharing and you know what I again what I really heard when you both were sharing in completely different ways and completely different you know lives and stories was how much you both tapped into your own intuition and how much you really without maybe even noticing it at first that you worked from a different mindset. You know, you both spoke to that, you know, whether it was Ali whose doctor was like, oh, don't worry about it. And Ali's intuition kicked in and was like, mm, maybe not, like maybe I should actually consider worrying about this and do something about it. And actually also realizing that like stress and things that were outside factors were actually manifesting into things, into her actual in- inter- internal and external life. And I think that a lot of times we forget that, you know, that can happen. And so it sounds like, and then with you, Erica, it was like, okay, you know, you are, like you said, it wasn't really a weight loss journey. It was for really more of self-love and because you stepped into self-love and you not only accepted yourself, but you embraced yourself wholeheartedly, then your mindset changed and everything else around you changed. And I know you guys both speak to, you know, very heavily on your podcast and on your platforms, how much that wellness, that emotional, that physical, how it all truly ties in, which I love because I feel the same. It's like, it is all one. It's not separate entities. When you take it as separate, that's when you start to find like issues and the breaks because there there really is meant to be, you know, all together, like ever flowing in order for everything to work the way it should. And I love that you guys really tap into so much of that hey, it was my mindset that changed. Hey, it was my intuition that kicked in because then everything else, it flowed. You know, Ali, like, you know, you recovered. You know, Erica, you know, you found yourself in a much happier place with, you know, your career and your husband and like all these things. And someone listening to this right now, like could be saying like, oh, wow, but I really am just kind of waiting for that X moment of something to change. And you're both speaking to the fact that like, no, it wasn't about that external change. It was about the inner. It was about stepping into changing the mindset, the intuition and doing that work for everything else to reflect it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Erica mentioned this earlier, but I think both
1: of us having, it's interesting because we have the same spiritual practice um, in this Buddhist practice that we, we do. And we chant that that's basically Ali, you just basically like hit the nail on the head about like the philosophy that we practice. And so it's like, it's like the inner transformation actually is what, um, can actually create a shift in the environment and, and not the other way around, which we are so conditioned culturally to, as Erica was saying, like, when I have X or when I have Y, I will be happy. Not like I need to work on my happiness and then the other things will shift. Um, so it's, it's hard, you know, we're not really conditioned to do that. And like you mentioned too, even, you know, so many of our, our ideas are compartmentalized culturally, like even the way we look at the body, the way the medical system is set up, right. We have specialists for all different parts of the body. Um, which on some sense, you know, sometimes that makes sense, but it's like the body is one holistic entity. And so if something's going on, you know, with the heart, it's going to affect all different systems in the body. But we have this tendency to um, compartmentalize where people will do that with wellness too. And what Erica and I talk about is really this like holistic um, umbrella of wellness and that it's not just you know, green juices, and <laughs> <Men> hiking, <laughs> it's like, those things are great. Don't get me wrong, but like, they can't, you know, you can't work, work out yourself out of like a super, I don't know, stressful job environment, right? Like you can't green juice your way fully to loving yourself. Like all these things are deeply connected, but it's like, if you're practicing certain things, but you're not dealing with what's on the inside, then it's almost like, what's the point,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think you just, you know, brought up another huge gem right there because I think again, when you talk about society and, you know, kind of like these limiting beliefs and all things we've been told and conditioned, it's like, you are told to just do the diet for, you know, this many days, or you are told, you know, oh, just do this. And then you will be happy or, oh, just change this. And you will be this. And, and you're right. It's like, it is an inner transformation and myself included, you know, it's like when you really find happiness, when you truly find, in my opinion, that soulful experience with yourself and you get to know yourself again and you love yourself unconditionally and you like you guys said embrace yourselves and and you know what you guys do with you know your buddhist chanting and how you chant that into reality of loving yourself and reminding yourself how much you are truly loved and how much you are supported no matter where you are and what you're doing you know, that's when we do break through those society, you know, limiting beliefs of you must do this in order to have this, you must make that in order to be this. It's like, no, all that really is bullshit. And it's really about the wellness of what you're speaking to. And it's not about the green juice that's going to get you A to B to C. It's like, yeah, that's great. And it's good for you. And it's going to help your body. But that one thing isn't going to transform everything. Not and, and I think to your point of what you were both saying, there's no one thing that's going to transform into everything no. said it's everything all together that then makes the changes that makes the shifts to each thing to move.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, it's so exactly that. And I think it's so hard because it's the long game, right? Like everything else, it's like, yes, you can go on a crash diet and lose some weight, or you can, you can do anything for a short-term result, but then like anything, it's conditional happiness. We've all been there. You lose five pounds, you gain 10 back, you, you know, change yourself to fit into some box and then you're miserable because it's not living your most authentic, truthful life. And it was just kind of amazing as Ali and I, you know, Ali and I both had really transitional periods in our life right before launching the podcast. And it was kind of incredible because as we both were really able to like step into our truth and be so vulnerable and so honest, you know, with each other on the podcast, it's like everything in life really does fall into place, be it the relationship, the friendships, the career, the job. Right. And I could have never, you know, Ali and I both have entertainment backgrounds and we still work in entertainment, but we went back to school and we also became certified as nutrition health coaches. And now we get to help. And it's, it's a career and it's a passion of both of ours that we never, I never could have imagined five or 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing with my life. And I would just be so in love with every aspect of it and really like contributing to help people reach their goals, but in such a sustainable way where again, it's not about, it's not about anything external, because if we're always chasing the external, then we're always going to end up unhappy (laughs) ultimately. Right. Because the relationship, even the best marriage, the best relationships have struggles. Friendships have issues. A brand new car isn't brand new anymore. Once you drive it off the lot or the new apartment has mold and issues, right? Like it's just, you can't put, put your happiness on anything external. And it was just, I think incredible for both Ali and I, when we really did start living from the most authentic place, it's like everything really does fall into place in your life. And that doesn't mean there aren't struggles or hard days or difficulties, but it's like, you can still be happy every single day. Even oh if things aren't going perfectly.
0: Yes. I got chills from all that because it's so true. You're right. It's like, right. Again, it goes back to like, oh, you know, you get this house. Oh, you get this car, you get this, you know, bag, whatever it is, it speaks to you. You know, that's something that's exciting to you. And you think, oh, that's what's going to make me happy. Oh, that's what's going to change the way I feel about something. Oh, that's what's going to, you know, make me excited for today. And you're right. It's like when you take that away and you actually focus on what makes you happy as you and actually work in that space of, I want to be happy all the time in the sense of, I want to be at a peace with myself. Maybe the day, like you said, is crazy or you're having a bad month or whatever it may be but it doesn't affect you and rock you the way it used to. And I can absolutely speak to that because I have experienced so much of that, especially even with the pandemic, like as hard as this time has been in a crazy way. And I know a lot of people always are like, what are you talking about? But for me, I still have had this heavy, like beautiful peace in my heart the entire time. And I've been able to go back to that when everything else is rocking. And I don't think I would have had that had I not stepped into all the work I've done with myself, which brings me to what I want to further dive into, which is this actual idea of courageous wellness with you two have really stepped into. So let's like get into that. Like, what does that mean to you guys? And like, what is the work that you guys chose to do to get to where you are now to even be able to be these coaches that you are now? Because like you said, that wasn't a reality before. It wasn't even something you even thought about. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you. I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's it's interesting, and I'm I'm sure Erica will have her own insight into this. I'll just speak for myself. I think you know our mission with Courageous Wellness, as we said earlier, was to help share stories and through um and like destigmatize conversations within the wellness space because I do think that people when you're dealing with health. Um, whatever form of health that might be, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, um, there can be a lot of shame around it. And that's, um, you know, that's real. And that's something that a lot of people share. And we wanted to create something that, um, a space where people could come and listen to other people's stories and understand that they are not alone in what they're going through. So that was like sort of the original mission behind it. But as we've grown and evolved, you know, I think- um, it's required our aspect of courage and what that means to us, um, you know, acting authentically from the heart. One of our guests recently said like, you know, even the word cur, which is heart, the like the Latin for heart is in courage, is in the word courage. And so, you know, really continuing to sort of touch base with ourselves and with each other as this platform has grown, as our skills skill set has grown. And one of those things for us is absolutely the aspect of community wellness. I mean, there are so many inequities, um, even in healthcare space. And we see that more than ever um, with COVID. And so Erica and I, part of our evolving mission is definitely um, an awareness around food affordability, food accessibility, because we could we feel that food is such a, like a vital and um, amazing medicinal tool in our life. Um, but also how we can create content that is affordable and accessible and um, to, to, to more than just the a privileged few, and that's sort of like the new phase of courageous wellness is like how do we have wellness for ourselves as individuals, but how do we
0: also include our community in that as well? Yeah, I love that. I think that's beautiful, and I think that you know, um, a lot of people aren't aware of how helpful and how powerful wellness really is. And when you actually step into that, like we said earlier on how much shifts, what do you think, Erica?
2: Yeah, I think exactly like Ali, everything you said, 100%. And I would just say to add on to that, it's, um, I think it's, it's so hard actually to be courageous, especially in I feel like 2021 and the world we live in. And I have more hope for Gen Z a little bit. I feel like we're all millennials <laughs> on this podcast. Gen Z, if you get on TikTok, they're just so like fearlessly themselves. But I feel like the way we grew up, right? in like the 2000s and you know the media and the images, it's so hard. And I think women have been dealing with this, especially for generations it's really hard to block out the noise, right. And to trust your intuition and to know that, you know, what's best for you and your body and your health, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it takes so much courage to do that. And so that's why we hope through listening to someone's story on the podcast through connecting with somebody who has a different life experience. Someone listening can be inspired to again, just take their wellness into their own hands, whatever that may mean, because as we've talked about so much, um, especially on your episode, Ali, on our podcast um, wellness means so much. And so we try to offer so many different stories, perspectives, experiences, from, from people with all different types of backgrounds so that anyone listening can really hear something and feel inspired to live their most courageous lives. And, and again, just to piggyback off what Ali said, like we're, we're about to launch in March, um, a coaching an online health coaching platform, um, for eight 99 a month where people can really access educational tools, be able to implement habits and, and receive, you know, group and community wellness coaching at an accessible price because it's hard. And I think so many people have invested so much time and so much money into external things, right? Thinking it's going to improve their wellness, but we really want to be a resource for our community, for our listeners, um, for any individual who just wants to come and, and learn and educate and then be able to implement habits to take care of themselves. So it's something we're really excited about as, part of our greater courageous wellness collective as well but yeah it's it does take a lot of courage to do all of this right because i think the world does often tell women not to listen to their intuition but like we've talked about so much on your episode and i feel like through this conversation we have all the answers inside and we know we know what to do we just have to get quiet enough to listen
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that you said that because it's so true. Anyone that's listening, write that down. You have to be quiet enough to listen to your own intuition and turn off the noise. It is, it's just so true. And, you know, I love what you guys both shared around that and congrats, you know, on the course and everything. And that'll obviously be in the show notes guys, for those that are interested and, you know, want to sign up and be a part of that and in their incredible community. But, you know, I, I want to go back to when you guys both like really were saying about stepping into that courage, but also, really realizing how much of that inner work does shift everything. Because I think that, again, we as a society, when you're just speaking about like, you know, making the joke about Gen Z, having, you know, a little bit more fearlessness when it comes to them sharing on TikTok and doing all the things. But I think at the same time, while I agree with you, I feel like I also am very excited for the other generations like us and others because we are breaking out of this, media that has told us this for so long, and we are breaking out of these limiting beliefs that have been shoved down our throats and conditioned to us that we both thought for so long, myself included, were true. And because in a way, I believe with the pandemic and the world being shook up, it brought us into a new space to be like, wait, is that true? And do I believe that? Or am I going to recreate my life? And am I going to change something? I mean, look at what you guys are doing. You're still, you know, doing your entertainment careers, but you've now stepped into the coaching and you have this community that you're even pushing even further and the stories and the different, you know, walls that you're taking down daily to be able to do that and also provide that. And so I feel like, you know, even for myself, I have explored more within myself during this time than I think in a long time. And I feel like that that is such a lesson for all of us to take away and to step into that courage and to realize that is part of our wellness journey to take that power back and to be courageous and say, no matter who you are, I can do it, I will do it, but it starts with everything within me and not what is on the outside of what everything is being pushed in front of me, that noise, that material, all the things that I've been told would make me happy are really not going to, and I need to do the wellness within me to be happy.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you make good points. And it's something that you said that I'll just go back to was that um, as much as the, you know, the younger generation hopefully is learning that they can be authentically themselves. It's never too late. Like you're saying, you know, we're still young and I'm so excited that this is some of the work that we've come to um, at this place in our life and but it doesn't matter you know if you're 8 or if you're 85 it's like there's always an opportunity to um to develop that inner sort of connection with yourself that we're all talking about and and um so that's that's exciting you know and i i do feel grateful that um that we of all in our own ways started that work and and know that it's an it's an evolving thing too. Like it doesn't just because we do the work doesn't mean it's not going to need to be something that continues. Like it's a, it's an, I think it's a lifelong journey, but that's exciting too, because it's like the more we learn about ourselves, the better we can show up in the world to, um, to do the things that that create value or, and that we find to be important. And Ali, as you mentioned too, I do think this year has been um, an opportunity for a lot of people to do that. I know it has for myself, this sort of forced pause. If you're, you know, like for those of us that are actually privileged enough to have been able to have to be at home, right? Um, the gift in that has been the forced pause, at least for me. And I think I was existing in a place still that I was like a human doing and not really a human being and understanding that my value lies just in being a human being. And it's not my productivity that determines my value. So that was something that like COVID taught me. Um, So I think it's, you know, it's exciting. It's an ongoing process.
0: Yes, well, and thank you for sharing that because I love that you said a human being and not a human doing. And you're right, it's like our jobs, our productivity. It's like, yes, it's all part of us and the things we do, but it doesn't equal who we are. And it doesn't, it definitely doesn't decide our worth. And I think for a long time, again, we all kind of believe that, and myself included. And so, you know, thank you for being so vulnerable. To share that. And, you know, to both of your guys' points about that too, from the beginning of the show, we've talked about how this is the work and this is a long haul and it isn't a crash five 30, you know, day diet. And it isn't a, you know, quick course that you do. And then, you know, you move on and everything's good. This is in, you're in it for the long haul, you're doing the work, you're going through your journeys. And so that being said, I would love for us to leave off the show with both of you sharing maybe some different tools and just some different, you know, tangible tips that people could take away that they could start to look within to do the work that they could do to start to step into their own wellness journey. And in the sense of obviously the wellness of their entire being of emotional, physical, you know, mental, everything included, soulful, spiritual, have what you guys would share, maybe a few different things. Ali, I'll let you go first and Erica share what you would want those to know that are maybe wanting to start to step into their journey, no matter where they are in their lives right now.
1: Hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's a really good question. One thing I'll start with that I've learned from um, my own experience, but also the experience of our guests, because, you know, you know, this Ali, when you, when you interview many, many people, you, you get the benefit of learning from them. One thing that all of our guests have consistently um, shared is that they have some sort of practice. And what I mean by that is like Erica and I talk about our Buddhist practice, which is what really, really works for us as our foundation and our spiritual practice. Um, And sometimes these practices look different for different people. Maybe it's meditation, maybe it's journaling maybe it's whatever, 10 minutes in the morning, sitting with yourself or going on a walk and like evaluating what you want from your day or having a gratitude practice. But everybody that has really um, lived courageously in their wellness shares that they have some sort of practice that they've implemented um, for themselves. And I think that's number one for me. I imagine Erica will probably share the same thing. So number one for me is like my Buddhist practice that I chant morning and night, um, because it really grounds me and connects me to myself and my highest potential. And, um, as far as other like little tips that personally work for me, I would say, you know, cooking, which has been an op, um, an opportunity that a lot of people have had this year, also being at home is a wonderful way to really take time to connect to your food. I love food. I love cuisine. I love, um, I'm not a trained chef at all. I've totally am self-taught, but I love, um, experimenting, getting creative. And when I when you take the time to really like, it doesn't have to be every night, but really spend some time with your food, spend some time in the kitchen, um, experimenting. I think it gives us a different relationship to our food. And I would suggest starting there if you really wanna um, connect more deeply to your food and, and have a food positive relationship. That's something that's really important to me. Um, and then I've also learned, you know, that when I move my body, I feel really connected to it, and I get to really tap into my um, parasympathetic nervous system, which is really important for all of our body functions, like digestion and um, good quality sleep. So I like to do some yoga flows. I like to go on long walks. Um, like really simple stuff, but it really makes a big difference in my
0: holistic sort of wellness practices. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said too, that, like you said, really simple, right. But again, anyone listening, it can be a few simple practices that makes a huge difference in your life. Go ahead, Erica. And Erica, what about you? What would you share?
2: Yeah. So similarly, I won't go too into it, but just as Ali shared, you know, for me personally, my daily practice is so crucial. I chant morning and evening. And um, I like personally to do about like 45 minutes of chanting in the morning. That's just like my sweet spot. So I think everyone has their sweet spot of their meditation or their daily practice. But that's something that really I notice a difference when I don't do it. Other things that I would recommend um, and what I personally do is limiting screen time on the phone um, for an hour after you wake up and an hour before you go to bed to really train our um bodies, right? Uh, especially at night, you know, those blue lights and those, those rays, it really like messes with our brain chemistry. And we, I think that's why a lot of people have trouble sleeping because we're just always on our phones and our technology. So it's just something I try to do, um, is wait an hour in the morning before looking at my phone and an hour before bed, uh, turning it off and unplugging, hopefully more. I actually really try to unplug as early as possible. Um, Most of my friends know I get like tons of texts at like 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And I'm the girl who responds at 6am. So people, (laughs) people know that by now about me. Um, But again, and similarly with Ali, like, Um, Movement is, is very important and really learning through this pandemic that it doesn't have to be high intensity spin classes and cardio. It can really be like light movement that can really transform your mind and body. Um, journaling is really crucial for me. I try to journal, um, a few nights a week to brain dump all of my thoughts. I struggle with anxiety and journaling has been really crucial to that. Just a full brain dump on a page. And then Another thing, since we're talking about wellness, um, I'll mention something that has to do with food. I think eating and learning about gut health has really been a crucial component of my personal wellness practice. And, um, I really can nerd out about gut health for so long, but it's something I'm really passionate about because our gut controls 90% of our, uh, serotonin, um, is produced in our gut, uh, 70% of our immune system. So our guts are really key to our overall health. So if anyone listening is is interested in doing something for their health, I think taking some time to do a little research on gut health, or we have so many episodes on gut health, we, we have a lot of resources on it as well, but um, learning how to eat and heal my gut, I used to have terrible digestive problems and issues have been uh, really key in my journey in wellness, especially as an emotional eater, as well as somebody who has struggled with emotional eating, really like learning about the trillions of microbes that live inside of our gut and just wanna keep us alive and control our mental and physical health. Um, It's something I could really nerd out on for a while. So I'll just stop there. But um, (laughs) yeah, learning to eat for your gut is something I really recommend for anyone's wellness journey if they're interested.
0: That's amazing. I I love that. I've heard that more and more about gut health. And I know a little bit about it, but I'll definitely have to check out those even for myself to like further learn because I find that so fascinating. And, yeah. you know, again, it goes starts with our internal right for everything else uh, to change, you know, on the external. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all you've shared. And I think it was so just uplifting and so inspiring, but also so real which is so needed right now and just sharing you know your own journeys and what it took for you guys to get here and to be so courageous in all that you do and the courageous wellness and what you've created tell us where we can find you and follow you and guys everything of course will be in the show notes as well yes yeah, so you can find
2: us um we release episodes every wednesday Courageous Wellness is the podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms wherever you listen. Um, then our website is courageouswellness.net. You can find all the information about us there. We are launching in March, as we said, our monthly health coaching subscription service platform. Um, and that'll be on Patreon. So um we'll send you, you can put that in your show notes and we have the direct link. But if you check out courageouswellness.net or follow us on Instagram at courageous just wellness, all of that good information is also there. So
0: amazing. Well, Allie, Erica, thank you so much for sharing and for being so courageous in the way you guys share. And I, you know, everything will be in the show notes as well as guys, my episode that I did with them. We had such a great time on their show as well. And thanks for all you ladies do. And guys, if there's anything that you took away from this show, I mean, there were so many gems, but if there's anything you truly took away, it's to really step into your wellness, be courageous in doing that. Listen to that intuition that we all do truly have and that inner knowingness and connect with that and just cancel the noise. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank it you. Was a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers till next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, Tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.